0: In this episode, we share the mastermind blueprint, the quickest and most efficient way I know to grow your real estate related business. Welcome back to the Before the Millions podcast. My name is Dore Olalier. I'm a former financial professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Every week, entrepreneurs and millionaires have strategic Conversations on this show to help you design and build your lifestyle business through real estate. For the BTM tribe, this is kind of a special place. As such, new listeners tend to binge content. So you've been warned. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? What's going on, BTM tribe? Man, I got a show in store for you guys, and I'm just going to get right into it because we got a lot to cover. And we've got a lot of good stuff to cover, guys. I'm I'm excited and hope you're excited for this show as well. This is probably one of our, our better shows to date. How about all the shows for the new year? I mean, they've been amazing, right? Like, man, I've been on it. Clap for yourself, right Anyways, on today's episode, we are speaking to Mr. Paul David Thompson. And you may have heard of Paul David Thompson because he's been on episode 83 of the Before the Man's podcast but today, man, we're having a conversation surrounding like the growth of our businesses and not in the normal way that you would maybe have one of these conversations. You'll see what I mean here in a minute, but it was almost like I was talking to myself. That wasn't by any accident or coincidence, of course, because I've learned through listening to Paul that we have very similar mindsets in terms of real estate and business. So, when I invited Paul to do this episode with me, knowing that I was getting ready to launch my brand new mastermind, I was just like, man, he's gonna align with me in, in so many ways. And you know, instead of doing such an episode like this with the launch by myself, I know that I can bounce that energy off of somebody else who's in tune with exactly my goal for this episode. As you may or may not know, if you are a real estate entrepreneur, a real estate investor, a real estate professional, right? You may have heard that half of all businesses fail within their first year. 80% of these businesses are gone within the first five years. That's four out of every five business businesses disappear within the first five years. And 96% of all businesses fail within 10 years. If you know anything about my story, you know that I know exactly how hard it is to work a full-time job, invest in real estate, and create and run your business on the side. In 2017, I ended you know a successful career as a financial professional in efforts to pursue my own investing journey to pursue full-time self-employment so I can do this here, educating, inspiring, encouraging, and helping people get to their lifestyle goals. But when I first got started, as many of you know, I, I was groomed, I mean, as an employee working corporate. And I realized just how much I didn't know about what I was doing and how to run a business and all the effort that it actually took to operate my own business. So my first full year, and probably even longer than that, like it was brutal, and I had a ton of self doubt had a ton of down, had a ton of things just skyrocketing out of control and i I was helpless a lot of the time, and towards the end of the year, I just felt overwhelmed from all that like I just believed I had to do for my business to succeed, and I felt overwhelmed for all that I believed were was on my plate for me to get done and I had a lack of clarity as to what I really needed to focus on whether it was marketing whether it was sales whether it was whether it was exposure or branding or it was I mean it was tough right it was it was crazy and as a result again my first full year in business full time has probably been one of the most difficult experiences I've experienced in my life and It's crazy because it's been so fun. It's been so worth it. And then I look back at all the challenges I faced and I realized that yet and still, it didn't have to be that hard, right? It didn't have to be as difficult as it was. And it only started getting easier once I started surrounding myself with people who were on the same life path and mission that I was. So on today's episode, me and Paul, were talking about our shared involvement in what we like to coin as masterminds, these groups of people that help you, that are along the same path as you, that have the same goals, that want to inspire, and encourage. And we talk about how these groups have helped not only us turn things around for ourselves, but we've witnessed it turn around countless other people's lives and their journeys as they go on and, and seek full-time self-employment. So again, personally, masterminds have had such a profound effect on me that I just knew like early on, like way early on, I just knew I had to launch a mastermind. And you guys know, like I've been holding this off for at least a year to launch my mastermind now. And I'm finally in a a place where, as many of you guys know, if you listen to the first episode of this year, that I'm just like, done is better than ready. There's so many people that want my help. There's so many different ways that I could add value in other people. And not only that, to have a mastermind of people who are striving for the same excellence that I'm striving for. Is going to be amazing for me and my growth, right? So this year, actually February. So, so in about a week and a half from this recording, my first mastermind will launch, February 11th. Now, in the episode, I say February 13th because I hadn't yet planned out the mastermind yet. So February 11th, my first all new mastermind, the before the Men's mastermind will be launched. And it's going to contain two different groups, an AM group and a PM group. The PM group is already filling up guys. We meet on a 60 to 90 minute video call weekly on Mondays. And on top of that, I play an additional mentoring role in each of the lives of the mastermind members. So if you are looking to build a successful business around your real estate investing efforts, I want you to apply to become a part of the before the Men's mastermind circle. I want us together to be able to take your business efforts to the next level, to all new heights, beyond what you thought was possible for this year and beyond. And this is primarily what me and Paul talk about throughout this episode. I mean, some of you guys are looking to start your own mastermind. Some of you guys are looking to join some other masterminds that are maybe not real estate related or not entrepreneur related, but you're looking to join a a cooking mastermind or a book club. And you're looking to grow with other people, but you don't know how to start your mastermind. You don't know where to look to join these masterminds. You don't know how to, what the first thing about creating, structuring, and all these other things that go inside of creating a mastermind. Well, luckily for you, I've recently had to go through that process. And most of these things, the structure, the content, the length, the price, all that stuff, I had down packed before this conversation with Paul. So 99% of the questions I'm definitely asking so that you guys can get more insight on how my thought process was throughout this whole ordeal, but I also was able to take away things from the conversation in the sense that there are a few things I'm considering changing in my mastermind because of this mastermind with Paul. Man, so this episode is, is amazing, guys, and it's a long one, but it's, I'm going to listen to it at least three, four times because Paul is going to start out talking about how he learns by teaching, and that's how we got started in the education space, and that's exactly what happened to me. Like I literally get my best learning when I have to teach somebody else something and you may be the same way as well. Right. And then we start talking about how we're not exactly in love with real estate. Like that's not our end all be all. It's more so a vehicle that we use. I'm stealing Paul's zest, but you know, when somebody, when you know that there's somebody who can literally vocalize how you feel or your emotions, you know, like a lot of you guys say that I do that for you guys, like Duray, like, you know, what you said, exact how I was feeling and I was never able to put it in words. And that was spot on. I get that a lot. Right. Well, that happens to me as well. And I get that from somebody like Paul. So a lot of the things that Paul is saying, especially earlier on in the episode, I'm just like, dude, that's totally, that's 100% me, like almost line for line. And I'm sure it's the same with Paul. Paul doesn't listen to very many podcasts, but this podcast is one that he listens to. And it's probably for a reason because there are some things that I say that resonates with him that he's just like, I couldn't put that in words, but listening to the Race podcast, like that makes sense. And that goes back to the principle of a mastermind, guys, and how when we put our heads together collectively, (laughs) magic happens. So we talk about how we're not in love with real estate, but it's something that we're very good at. So it's in our zone of excellence. For those of you who have read Gay Hendrix's The Big Leap, but what's in our zone of genius, what we actually love doing is strategizing. We love the concepts behind business models and being able to teach others and educating on topics that we're learning so that we're growing and we're helping others grow. And so it's like we're lifting as we climb. Some of you guys may know where I got that from, but then we get into the conversation surrounding masterminding and we started masterminding about how my mastermind would be structured because again, guys, I am getting ready to launch this mastermind on the 11th and I'm so happy that you guys are going to be a part of this. You guys, I mean, some of you guys listening right now are going to be members of the, one of the most revolutionary products that I have out and I'm excited. So I wanted to get Paul on the show to bounce some ideas off of him and to kind of solidify a lot of the things I already had planned. So we're going to talk about the content, who my masterminds for, because Paul's mastermind, Paul has a mastermind, by the way, his mastermind is a thousand dollars a month. And he's catering his mastermind more so to investors who are just starting out and they're looking to do deals. Whereas since I already have a product for first time investors, which is my eight week workshop, my mastermind is more so catered to real estate entrepreneurs, people in the real estate world who may not necessarily be investors, but they have a real estate business and are looking to grow that business. So we talk about the content of such a mastermind. We talk about the structure, how long it's going to be, how many members it's going to be, How what's the price of the mastermind? What are the requirements for the mastermind? We break down all these things, not only for my mastermind, but also giving you guys ideas if you guys want to start masterminds as well. And last but not least, one thing I really like that Paul touched on is that we love our business and we love what we do so much. And you guys know that this is my passion. Like this is what I was meant to do. And, you know, we love it so much that, you know, you take away all these products that I now have, or all the products that Paul has, and what we've built. And man, like I remember doing this for like a year, a year and a half straight. Like, and I it brought me the greatest joy. And I didn't. I mean, I still don't. Like, I would do this whether or not it pays me. And you know, Paul was talking about this on the episode, and I was just like, yeah, man, like this is. I would get on this microphone every single week, and it's not cheap, by the way. Like producing, it's not cheap, and it's not something that. Takes like 45 minutes. Like the episodes are 45 minutes, but like I put like eight, nine, 10 hours into some of these episodes, like seriously, and hundreds of dollars in each, every single episode. So it's something that takes a whole lot of work. But man, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I love seeing the transformation that people are getting through my voice, through the inspiration. And now, through my suite of products. It's been simply amazing. I've given you guys a lot to digest in the intro and I'm ready for you guys to learn a little bit more about the inner workings of masterminding, how I'm building my mastermind. We're going to talk about the progress of different products that we have in our suites so that you can see the inner workings of how like We went from you know well I want to have a podcast to well I want to have my first course and now I want to have a mastermind group and so on and so forth. You're going to see the inner workings of that. You're going to see you're going to see me mastermind with Paul about how I'm fleshing out things and building my mastermind. You're going to hear that live. You're going to hear about tips and strategies that you can use to not only find a mastermind group but also build your own mastermind group. And then last but not least, guys, we're going to talk about for those of you guys who are on the journey to become full time entrepreneurs to leave your day job and you want to use your real estate investing and your side business or your real estate. business to make that happen. We're going to talk about how you can become a part of the before the man's mastermind. So stay tuned after the tip of the week for the future presentation.
1: The Ray's tip of the week.
0: So this is the last episode of the first month of the new year. And I can't help but to wonder, how are you fearing with your goals? And if you're like me and you're struggling just a little bit, or if you're like the real me and you're struggling a whole lot, I have some tips for you. So my tips come woven in to some statistics. So tip one of two, you are 33% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down. This is something that I am partaking in for the first time this year. And I must say that this is true. Now, the exact percentage, I don't know. It's study, right? And these studies are subjective. But I 100% wholeheartedly believe that this is true. This has happened in my life throughout this month and this month alone, because I've only done it this month. You are 33% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down, rather than just saying, hey, this is my goal for the year, or just knowing what your goals are, Right, write them down. And what I think makes it super effective, which is what I'm doing, is writing them down every single day. I challenge you to do that. 365 days a year, you write down your goals. See where you end up, right? And then number two, you're 77% more likely to achieve your goals when you share them with someone on a weekly basis. Wow, 77% more likely to achieve your goals when you share them with someone on a weekly basis. Talk about hacking, achieving your goals. And it falls right in line with the theme of this episode, a weekly mastermind. If all it did was help you boost your productivity and achieve your goals by 77% what would your business look like man this is some powerful stuff so if you're looking to achieve your 2019 goals I have two tips for you tip number one write them down and write them down every single day tip number two share your goals with someone weekly now let's get to the show and now your feature presentation I have a returning celebrity on today's show. Uh, this guy has been on episode 83 of the 40 Men's podcast, and you know his real estate story, and you know his money mindset. We have back on the show today, Mr. Paul Thompson. Paul, how's it going today?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me back.
0: I've been on your show as well. And you know, there's so many things that we talk about and so many things that we can talk about, but we're here for a specific reason today, Paul. And if the listeners want to hear your story, they want to hear about your real estate deals and how you did 20 deals in in your first 18 months and your your bigger pocket story and all of that, they can go back to episode 83. But today I want to talk about most real estate entrepreneurs, most real estate investors don't per se, build platforms and become entrepreneurs and speakers and coaches and consultants. Not a small percentage of people do, but not most of them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Paul, you started investing in real estate. And I want to kind of go on this tangent to where you realize that you want to do something in the realm of education. You want to help other people start getting to their goal. And then we'll we'll get to masterminding. But I want to kind of talk about the inception of you deciding to have some type of platform and how that came about.
1: I really like that because I don't get to talk about that very much because normally I get stuck in the box of always talking about real estate, which I really enjoy. But then a lot of times somebody will ask, well, why teach? Why go out and share what you've learned? Well, number one, the best way I have found to learn is to teach. And so when I am required to put Information out there as though I'm an expert and I know something, then I have to study twice as hard to know that I really, really know it, and then it make it, and it helps me kind of sharpen the axe of my investing acumen. Furthermore, I just incredibly enjoy it. It is so much fun to see the light bulb go off above people's heads, and I wish I had had that earlier in my life. And I did not find it for 15 years, and I floundered around a little while trying to find it. And when I finally found somebody who said, well, here are the books you should be reading. Here's a concept that you should be aware of. And here are the conferences you should be going to. A chapter in my life opened up that I'd never imagined possible. And I've discovered over time through much of the reading that I've done, kind of self-introspection here, is that operating in real estate is my zone of excellence. I'm good at it. I can excel at it. I have become wealthy. I, I, I will become wealthy-er with real estate. However, that is not my zone of genius. I do not wake up just salivating over the idea of just getting to see another piece of property. I've seen a lot of property and I don't fall in love with properties and see the transformation. To me, they're black boxes to make money. It's a business engine for me. However, the ideas, the concepts that I've learned in order to be a successful investor, that's what I love and that's my zone of genius. I learned those concepts well. I really soak them in and I love sharing them with other people because becoming a successful investor in the mindset shift the mindset shift required to do so is the key then you pick your your asset class whether it be real estate or not I don't care
0: I love that and you know it's funny because last year in 2018 and even 2017 mm-hmm. my primary focus has always been to cater to those individuals who are in the corporate struggle right in the rat race and helping them purchase their first investment property, setting up their system and then knowing and having the confidence to go out there and make offers every single week. And I've been able to help so many people do that at this point. And I started realizing throughout this journey and I started having some of these thoughts to where throughout that process, the reason I was able to do that was because I was building this platform and this platform was a platform for education, for, for helping, again, the people that I just decided to help. But while I was building this platform, it was almost like I had to go study a, a whole new subject or a whole bunch of new subjects, right? Because mm-hmm. now I'm running a business. I'm not just a real estate investor. I'm running a business. And with this new subject comes a whole bunch of other subjects like, you know, SEO comes email marketing, comes funnels, comes, okay, now what kind of business systems am I going to have? How am I going to generate revenue? Am I going to do a one-on-one coaching course? Am I going to have clients? All this, right? And you start realizing that you're making a lot of mistakes along the way. You're learning, you're growing. And even that value there, I was just like, man, I wish there was a way I can share this value with other people. Like I understand like I'm sharing all this real estate value with, with so many people, but this is a major part of my business as well. And this is starting to really take off for me. Like if other people could implement some of these things, like this would be amazing, like just an amazing addition to their to their business. And I would think about the, again, the minority of us, like the five to 10% of us who are doing this teaching, who are doing this give back. And so many people have started podcasts these days, Paul. And a lot of these people, they're maybe they're not sure about how to conduct the business outside of their real estate investments. Like they're not sure how to monetize that podcast. They're not sure how to start a coaching and consulting program. So I started having this nagging thought, like, I want to be able to help not only first time investors buying their first investment property, but I want to be able to help experienced investors who who have their real estate portfolio and their real estate strategy more so honed in. They're looking to build a business outside of that or that complements that. I want to be able to help those people get to the next level because I've been able to go through so many experiences and so many challenges and I feel like there's just so much value to share. Now, I want to jump back into your story really quick because I'm going to tie all this in. Mm-hmm. when first decided to have any type of product. Mm -hmm. What was that product and what was the plan?
1: Uh, Good question. So the way that started was I was going to conferences and I was just talking to people and I was, you know, you know how you have a break and you go to lunch and you sit next to somebody who's in, in the class and you just strike up a conversation, no agenda there than just to get to know people. And I was sharing something about how I automate some of my back office in my real estate business because I I was working a day job still and I had to make my time used very efficiently. So I automated as much as possible. And several of the people would just kind of like, Whoa, what did you just tell me? And they would ask me the details of how I did it. And so I would start sharing the details of how I did it using Zapier and a couple of little tools that you kind of make things happen in the back end, which I'm sure you make use of too. And, it blew some of their minds and was, uh, I wish I could say that these are like products that I created myself. These were just me learning, studying how to run my own business and I shared it with them. And one person stopped and said, you just changed my life because I like, um, I actually later on that, that evening we got his laptop out and we set something up and he started creating an automated way to send offers and basically he could push a button and a offer was created and a PDF was emailed in an email off to him we did it like five, about 20 minutes probably. But in 20 minutes, over his laptop, he had email automation set up, and he says, I'm, "I'm writing you a check right now." I said, "No, no, no, I'm not trying to. You know, do I'm just, you know, just just helping you out." He says, "No," and, and he wrote me a check, and he said, "You can either." Not check cash or not, but I'm leaving it here. I'm not taking it back. And that makes you start to think, oh, okay. So maybe, maybe I got something going on here. So that, and a couple of people contacted me and said, you know, I'd like to talk to you and work with you. I'm happy to pay you. And I said, well, I'm not really trying to build a business. And they said, well, maybe you should, because you got something. Okay. And that got my wheels to turn in. And so I had a couple of kind of one-off clients here and there. And so my product was not well-defined. It was just me doing consulting work and I would, I would um, charge about $500 for basically one month's worth of help. And I would help them and it would take me, you know, the scheme of things probably two or three hours all at but I would just get on, I would do a little strategy session with them. And it was like a one month thing. And then a couple of them said, well, let's do it for two more months. Sure. It'd be fine. I helped them out a little bit. And, that's just kind of way it went until I was laid off. And then when I was laid off, I had all this extra time on my hands because my real estate was running. I, I didn't really need a lot of time. I spend probably less than 10 hours a month on my real estate business because so much of it is automated using these very tools. And so I had a lot of extra time on my hands. And I really want to build other pillars of income. And I didn't want to build a real estate investing empire where I had a thousand units. That doesn't appeal to me. I wanted enough of a assets to pay me. And so when I said, well, let's start, let's talk about this. Think about really developing an actual product that has a purpose. And I built the product that I wish I had found when I was three years prior, I wanted the, the roadmap that I needed to follow to transition away from my day job into becoming a full-time investor. And so that's what I did.
0: That was awesome. That's awesome. And I have actually purchased that product and I have taken that product. So I I can fully endorse that product. And guys, I've talked about how much like I don't put my stamp of approval on something unless it's something that I've actually done just to protect you guys and your interest. And this is a product that I've actually taken. And, I, you know, one of the first things, one of the biggest things that I got out of this product, I used to make like regular generic offers and... Even going through some of the marketing channels that we go through using, um, using Zillow and using Craigslist and things like mm-hmm. that, like response rates, like I would monitor and track my response rate. And you introduced this concept to me called the three option strategy. And the day you introduced that to me, like I started implementing that, and like for like the like not even a week later, and I saw my response rate went from like almost zero percent to like twenty percent. I told all my classes that everybody. I almost had like a mandatory meeting. Like, look, every, like this is how we're doing things from now on. <laughs> your response rate is going up. You can garner a conversation. It's so much better. And I was just like, man, your product is amazing. So I one hundred percent endorse it. But that that was your initial product, mm-hmm. and when you started creating this product, did you have this plan that you have now? Like I know like right now, like you have the self-study product, but it's now turned into what you have, which is a jumpstart product, which is a six month product. Now you're creating a book. But back then, I mean, what was the plan? What were you thinking? Uh, was this always the plan? And I know for me, like my plans totally evolved, like every single sure. year, like they evolved. So, so what was the plan for you?
1: So my plan initially was to find people whose had a problem similar to what I went through, which I think is a lot of people that they're, they work jobs that are unfulfilling. They really wish they didn't have to go to that job, but they still need income and they need a way to transition. See, I, I didn't have a plan to start a new company and had this entire, you know, I didn't feel comfortable jumping off the edge of the cliff and building my, my, my plane on the way down. I knew I was, I was afraid that I'd crash, put it that way. So real estate allowed me to kind of ease my way into it. And so when I built the products, I specifically designed them around that audience in mind. And so I think, how do people who are have busy jobs, how do they engage? How What do they need? And so, and I asked them and I polled people. I actually had friends and I sent them out uh, information and said, well, what do you need? Like, what's your biggest challenge when you're trying to, buy a property? What keeps you from making offers? What keeps you from buying a, a real piece of real estate? And it boiled down to they didn't have time, money, or knowledge. It's always the three issues that were most common. And then I wanted to create, where do people engage? So that's why I started a podcast because a lot of people like me, they're, they're driving to and from work and they have these 30 minutes, maybe to an hour commutes. So I wanted to have a product, air quote, it's, it's free, but it's a podcast where people can consume it within a commute to work, either one way or around a round trip. They can consume 30 minutes to an hour in most cases of podcasts that that I produce. And so that was specifically something I was thinking about.
0: Paul, is it a breath of fresh air to talk about something other than real estate just every once in a while, like having this yes. conversation? you like like, yeah. like I, I feel like I enjoy the, enjoy these just as much like they're you know again it, because it's almost a, I look at real estate and education on my, my educational platform is almost two different entities, and yeah. you know they're going side by side, and I, I just love being able to, to not only cover real estate on these on these episodes, but now you know my focus in 2019 is lifestyle design and being able to build a lifestyle business and in, in 2018 it was more so like helping as many people as I can purchase their first investment property, and now it's just like like as I grow and as my business grows, I want to be able to help the people who've already kind of started building their portfolio, and they're looking to expand. They're looking to serve and help other people. Now, really quick, Paul, why why is it? And I know that you know we we come from the same same school of thought when it comes to abundance. Why is it that two people like you and I, who have very similar products, can get on a a podcast episode, exchange knowledge, exchange information, and have the audience take away from this information and us be Great friends. Us both believe in the success of each other and our businesses and wanting each other to prosper. How were we able to do that?
1: Well, it's a mindset that we have a, uh, uh, we have an abundant mindset. The, the pie is very large and it's not a zero-sum game. I don't look at us as being in competition at all uh, because you'll resonate with somebody in a way that I can't and I'll resonate with somebody in a way that you can't there's a lot of people out there. When you think about the scale of the world and just in the U S alone, I mean there's a population is over 300 million. How many of those are in jobs that are unfulfilling a huge percentage of people. It's, it's staggering to think about how many people are out there who are listening to this right now who are thinking, I want to do what those guys are doing, help me. And that's why we're out here is to help people because it's nice to make a profit. I mean, money makes the world go round. However, I would do this if if I were just given $75,000 a year and that was my income and that's the level of basic happiness like we we that's well known that above that income level you don't get happier. All your needs and your needs are met and the current value of the dollar $75,000 is sufficient. I'm happy. Well, if I were just suddenly given that basic income like that from some random place, I would still be doing this. This is what I would do. Separate from income and I could not get paid for this. I would still be doing this because I enjoy seeing people have that connection and change their life because I remember what it was like to spend 15 years at a job that was not fulfilling and just kind of was rudderless. I was looking for a purpose and I didn't know I was searching, but I didn't know what I was searching for.
0: Yeah, and I I totally resonate with that. I 100% agree. And I think about the people who are thinking about starting their first podcast, starting their first blog, uh, starting their first meetup. And they're just like, you know, who am I to be doing this? Or why should I do this? Or nobody's going to come. And I'm just so worried about what people will think. And, you know, my biggest advice in that arena is that for every single one of these you know first time thought leaders or people who are starting and they're worried about their audience and people you know resonating with them like there are so many people who find the path of real estate who find the path of financial freedom who find the path of whatever it is that your your mission and your goal and your teaching is there's so many people who find that path every single day through so many millions of people and there are people who are in your vicinity, in your circle right now that will not find that path if you don't deliver your message, if you don't get on that microphone, if you don't create that workshop, if you don't start that podcast, there are people right now that will not get your message. So don't think that, when there are so many people who've been doing this for 15, 20 years and now like I'm so worried, like I'm competing with these guys and nobody's ever gonna listen to me, that is not true. Wouldn't you agree, Paul?
1: Oh, totally. Somebody's out there waiting to hear you because the only thing that you have that is unique is yourself. And people don't actually buy your products. They want the knowledge, they want the thing, but they what they really, really buy is access to you. They want to buy a sliver of the personality that you brought to the table that said, "This is my story." And that's what people are actually buying.
0: Let's go down your your path a little bit further. Now you've you've started your self-study program. You mm-hmm. started this course and now you started your podcast. What kind of gives you an idea to start your mastermind. How does that fall in in place next? If that's next, how does that fall in place next?
1: Yeah, the order that I did things, and this is no magical order. You can do things in your own order. But once I had a service that I thought was useful, then I started a podcast or a channel. Pick your channel. Whether mine was a podcast, yours was a podcast, and you know we'll have other things in the future, I'm sure. So you you pick the channel that you, that you think that you can resonate with. I chose podcasting because it was the lowest barrier of entry with the highest audience. Whereas YouTube, you got to figure out how to do do a lot of editing and stuff. And I didn't want to do that yet. I'll, I'll get there. But the mastermind was the next level after people said, I want your time, Paul. I mean, people are, I just said, people are buying my time. Well, how can I scale my time? And what people want to do is they want to ask questions. They want to work on their project. They want to work on their business, their real estate endeavor, whatever it is. And they want somebody who's been there before them that they can reach out to every once in a while and say, I don't know how to make this offer. Or I don't know how to make this closing. Or I don't know how to raise money right now. I've listened to your course, but I have a couple of clarifying questions. That's what people really want. And you can only do so much of that in a Facebook group. Facebook groups are good for that. Up to a certain point but sometimes you just need to get on a zoom call like what you and I are right now and say I got a question and so I do that and that is part of the mastermind program is that we meet routinely every week and it is part of our DNA that we are on that call because I I require it to be I ask people who who come into it is this your, your highest and best priority for your time in your business what is your biggest priority and if it's your mastermind, then we'll be successful. If it's your third or fourth priority in your business, then you won't f- get out of it what, you, what I want you to get out
0: of it. I love that. I love that. And I'm gonna, we're going to now start to peel the onion back on this mastermind principle and this concept. And I think it, it's fascinating. And when were you first introduced to this principle and kind of talk about the, the concept in general? And you know, after you talk about when you were first introduced to it, maybe some effects that it had on you and, and things that you saw as a result of you being in masterminds. So,
1: Mm-hmm. I first heard about it when I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. And then I also went to a, one of my mentors from way back, somebody you don't know um, in the real estate world. He had a a summit at his house and he had a, his, a big house on the lake and he brought people in and he kind of went through the mastermind process and we sat down for 10 or 20 minutes and we wrote down our life goals and we put one, three, five, ten 10 years against it. It's what Jim Rohn used to do in his conferences and he, that's where he got the idea from following Jim Rohn and he ran it like a mastermind and it ended, ended up being that we only met every like once a year or so and he didn't really make it a, an official mastermind anybody could come any, in a year. It wasn't like, it was the same 12 people every year, but you just show up and I went and I found it very useful. And so I was kind of tinkering with this idea. I was like, you know, that's just something that I could do with people that I know and we can meet more regularly. And then I joined Cliff Ravenscraft Mastermind, which when I was starting my business, I wanted to find somebody like me in real estate, but like him in starting an online business. And so I was a member of that for, I think, 13 months. And so that's what a lot of the ideas and a lot of the the refinements, the ideas I was working on came as a result of going to the mastermind and what happens when you're around 10 or 12 other people that are doing the same type of work that you are, similar type of work that you are you just bounce ideas off each other. And what you get out of life is the expectations of your peer group. Well, and when, when your peer group is there every single week and they're doing a course and they're doing a podcast and they're doing a YouTube channel and they're doing all these funnels and it doesn't, it's the positive peer pressure that are working in your advantage, like pulling you up. And that's the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. Going back to work and hang out with your good people that are at work, but they're not thinking about starting an online business, they're not going to encourage you to start an online business because they don't know anything about it. They probably mean well, but that's not the the kind of people you want to surround yourself with.
0: Think about the fact that you have a thriving or two thriving mastermind groups. You have two, correct? Correct. Two groups, okay. And I'm starting two groups next month. So I'm starting two groups on February 13th. I'm starting two two mastermind groups and a very similar format to Paul. The concepts, I think, is is slightly different. You know, I want to touch on the concept of your mastermind because it sounds like your mastermind is more so catered to investors who are looking for help with their deals, who are looking for help in that sense, like, you know, looking to acquire more and do more and build wealth. Whereas, my focus from my mastermind are for investors, maybe those same types of investors. A few people have already applied and i already have a few members in the mastermind and we haven't even started this next month. But mm-hmm. you know, I have a guy who's, um, who has a national property management company and he sees the value of being in a mastermind like this. I have another guy who's a realtor. See, he started, he started acquiring investments and I'm just like, hey, mm-hmm. like, he's perfect. So I have these people who are entrepreneurs but are looking to grow their business. And that's more so my focus. So. You get some individuals together who are all going in the same direction, who all support each other, who all motivate each other, who all have different resources, who all have different backgrounds, who all have different concepts and ideas. Magic starts to happen, you know, and I'm getting ready to launch this mastermind. And I'm just like, man, Paul, like, I want to make sure that first off, I'm clear on my mission, my vision Hmm. for this mastermind. And I wanted to have this conversation with you to maybe flush through some of those ideas here live on this podcast and have the listeners list, actually listen to like almost like a real life mastermind. Like me and Paul are almost masterminding together and yeah. talking about how I am going to have this mastermind that a lot of you hopefully are interested in and you will be able to visit over at beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. The content when I think about the barrier to entry, since it's not for, it's not more so pertaining to real estate, I'm thinking about the barrier to entry and I'm categorizing the barrier to entry more so as an entrepreneur who has completed a few transactions. Mm -hmm. So going back to some of the members of my mastermind, as a realtor, like you've done a few deals. You already have the experience and you're able to kind of grow from there based off of the experience that you have if you implement some new strategies and things like that. So basically showing proof of concept of something that you've done in the realm of what you're focused on is what I have right now is experience or a barrier of entry. Should there be any other focus or emphasis, if any, just kind of based on your experience?
1: yeah, I love the idea of having a proof of concept. If it's a paid mastermind, which I assume it is, you need to make sure that people are uh, have the financial means to do it. You, you don't want somebody putting the mastermind fee on their credit card and not knowing how they're going to pay for it because the results, I, I'm very confident that you will get results from Mastermind, but they don't come in the first month. It takes a while for the seed to kind of germinate. And for your ideas to kind of flesh out into the in the marketplace before you start getting a return on investment from, from your fee or, or your membership fee. So you want to make sure people are qualified, number one, and I guess number two. And then a schedule actually is really important because it doesn't make sense unless you are holding it at a time every week, the same time every week where you and enough people who want to be a part of it can attend. Because there's nothing worse than having to spread it out. And then half the people can't join because it's really during their work hour or something. So the way I do it is I have two different sessions. One's in the morning time for people who don't have a job. And then one in the evening time for people who who are already employed. And I have a much easier time filling the one that's in the evening time because so many people are still employed and don't have flexible schedules. So that's something that I have to accommodate for, I've had people from Europe contact me wanting to be a part of the group, but the times just don't work for somebody in Europe in most cases. And one guy even asked me, would you, would you consider starting a Europe one? I'm like, well, uh, so. <laughs> let me um, make really sure that what I'm doing over here in the U.S. is scales. And then if I have enough extra cycles, then I might consider making a third one for Europe. I would love that actually. M- maybe one for Australia and as in New
0: Zealand, that'd be fun. That'll be amazing, man. That'll be awesome. How long have you had these mastermind, now, Paul? Uh, right at a year. Right at a year, yeah. and. You've watched the growth of these individuals in your mastermind, and you've had personal growth yourself. My structure, I would say, is very similar to yours. Okay. When I think about the number of groups that I have, it is two groups, and it's going to be an AM and a PM group. But right now, I have my max at ten people per group, and it's something that I think right now maybe a little bit too much. I was thinking more like eight. When you think about your progression and how much you're able to ha- handle in your workload, was that a consideration when you were deciding some of these factors?
1: Absolutely, because There is a, however long you meet, there is, that's the time that that each person is going to commit to it. But there is a commitment a little bit over and above just the time that you spend actually on the Zoom call together because you want to check in with people and you're not going to check in with everybody every week, but sometimes people need special attention and I reserve the right to pick on somebody and it's usually something they want and say, I can tell you need some help right now. Let's have a sidebar conversation after this. Sometimes the, converse, the the meetings will run all the way up to the hour and a half period, and they'll just and you can just tell they need more. And so I sense that, and I can say, well, if you guys are open, I'll stay longer. I'll continue to record this, that in case you have to go. So if you need to bounce, bounce, but I'm going to stay on here because I can tell we need to wrap this this last little bit up in 15 minutes because I don't want to ever say, well, time's up. You know, out we go. But I only promise the hour and a half with you each week, but I have the discretion to give you more, and I'm very generous in giving with my time and I want to make sure I take care of people when they need it, but not everybody's going to need that every time. However, to your question, is it eight, ten, twelve, twenty? I actually know of masterminds that have 25 people in them it's you just don't get the one-on-one attention so you want a, you want a size of a mastermind where if it's a mentor-based mastermind, which is what we're talking about? that you can actually get some face-to-face one-on-one type conversations with your mentor enough that it actually helps you. You may not get that every single week. And probably you won't get that every single week, but probably no more than once every four to six weeks do you want to have 20, 30, 45 minutes of one-on-one time with the mentor. And the other times you'll have, see, hear other people asking their questions and doing their projects. And you can learn a ton from what other people are saying, but sometimes it doesn't always relate to what you're talking about. So when you're designing a mastermind, you want to think about that balance of, how many people, and I find any more than 10 or 12 is pushing it mm-hmm. with the format that we've selected. The 10 or 12 is about the most it will go. And I actually have trouble keeping it full for, for 12 people because people cycle in and out of it. It's a significant investment. And sometimes six to 12 months into it, they've graduated. I mean, they have... There, I mean, I have one person been there the whole time, and I don't see him ever leaving. But yet, other people are going to come in and come out. And so, as a a facilitator of it, you're going to have to be aware of that, and you're going to have to cycle through. As because I was in Cliffs and I I loved it for 13 years or 13 months rather, (laughs) but um, it could have been 13 years. But there was just a, I got what I needed out of it, and and I needed to focus that time that I was spending on the mastermind on something else. And it wasn't because I wasn't getting value. It just I kind of felt like I'd gotten my the returns I was getting on the investment I was putting in there was diminishing because I had gotten to a certain level. And as a mentor, I consider that when that happens to me and somebody else is like graduated up, I consider that to be the purpose of why I'm here. I want to replace myself and make myself not required in your life. I mean, I still want to be friends and relationship, but that mentorship, I love it when you become, when the, the student becomes the master brilliant
0: yeah i love that and that's that's beautifully said uh, i think his mastermind membership uh is about a thousand dollars a month and you know it's one of those things to where yes it's a it's a huge investment and we'll, we'll get the price here shortly we're gonna so the last two things we're gonna talk about are format and price but before we get to both of those things i want to just talk to some people who are looking to join a few masterminds who are looking to start some masterminds when paul when you're looking to join a mastermind even when you join cliffs or when, as you look today to you know inquire about a few masterminds. What are some of the things that you're looking for? What are some of the values that you're hoping to get out of a mastermind?
1: From whoever's running it, the really well thought out format and expectations. I want it run, especially I'm paying for it. I want it to run in such a way that I I know what to expect when I get there. And then when we get there, and I'm going to engage, play full out and get a particular outcome. So I want to know when I'm in the hot seat or if there's somebody doing a presentation where the presentation is going to be over and that there's a clear set out agenda. Probably the, the example that I've seen with masterminds that didn't work was that the agenda wasn't clear and you would, uh, you would chase rabbits all over the place and the conversation would kind of go all over and yeah, I enjoyed it. There were good people. But I was there for three hours and I took nothing from it actionable. They just all told stories for three hours. Eh, you know, I like the social aspect of that. And that one happened to be free, but eat free or not, that's not what I'm looking for. For a mastermind, I'm looking to invest in myself, invest in my network and learn more about how I can invest in assets and build assets. And if I'm not getting all three of those out of a mastermind,
0: then why am I there? For sure, and that's beautiful. So invest in yourself, invest in your network, and and build assets. And guys, I hope you're taking heed because this is these are value bombs that Paul is dropping. I'm just sitting here like, wow. Like I like first off, guys, I want you guys to know that the person I picked to do this episode with was not by mistake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things to where like I know that uh, Paul, you you and I align on so much when it comes to business and real estate that I was just like. If I had somebody to kind of exchange these thoughts and ideas with, I know you'd be that perfect person. So I'm really glad that you were able to do this and just kind of getting into the the next the last two pieces of, of this, I guess this mastermind, right? I want to talk about format because I'm going with the hot seat format and right now I have the minutes at 60 minutes versus I think you have 90 minutes, right? And I was thinking that, first off, what, what is the hot seat format? I mean, what, what is that? You have 10, 12 people in a mastermind group and you know, some people they're able to talk about what it is that they're, they're going through and what they need help on. Some people learn and so, so explain what the hot seat format is and why you think it's pro- maybe the best format out there.
1: Well, for a mentor style mastermind, I like the hot seat format because one person is in the hot seat and they can ask a question about anything that is relevant to them in their lives. I happen to run a real estate and so we talk about real estate a lot, but it's not unusual for someone to ask a question completely unrelated to real estate. It could be you know, how to run their personal finances, how to set up a solo 401k, uh, how to get their wife on board. Whatever they need, sometimes it's mindset or motivation, whatever they need, they bring up a question and say, guys, I need help. Here's what I'm having trouble with right now. And you spend, depending on how long you have your your session, you spend anywhere from like 25 to 40 minutes Then you have a dedicated hot seat. So that's your time. So if we were in a hot seat and it was DeRay's turn, DeRay, you would have 40 minutes. And I would say, and, you, and I put a timer up and say 40 minutes, anything that you need to help with, ask questions. And... I'm not always the one that answers it. Sometimes it's somebody else in the group that might have a better answer. may have a different opinion about how to do things. And there's not always a clear straight line answer to these problems. That's why we're in a mastermind in the first place. So you talk about it and that's the power of the mastermind. The reason it's called a mastermind is that you get multiple minds together and you collectively become smarter because you're thinking about how to work on a common problem or a singular problem. And that is the important piece is that you have one specific question with a desired outcome. How can we help that person get it? And everybody else is listening in. How can we help Durate? Because you're in the hot seat when your time is up then the next person, I, I, I do two hot seats per session. And then at the end, one thing I do differently is I do two 25 minute sessions of hot seats. And then we do 10 minutes of intro and wins of the week. And then the last 30 minutes, what we do is just open questions. So that way, Anybody who has a question can jump in, but your questions have to be quick. They can't be some existential question that would take 25, 40 minutes to cover. It needs to be a, you know, I have an offer and this is what the person came back with. What do you think my counter should be? Now I can answer that in five minutes. So let's talk about that. And so I let everybody ask at least one question before we get off. That, That way everybody is getting a, a specific question submitted and answered during every session. And that's one thing that I have been in other masterminds where I never. Met, I may never get a chance to talk the way it was set up, but I I set it up so that you always get a chance to talk and get feedback from the group every week live, not, not through Facebook or something, but live through Zoom.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think about, you know, I think about the benefit of not being in the hot seat. And I want to touch on that because, you know, you drive a, a strong point in that, when you're in a mastermind and you don't get that, that attention, that, that, you know, being able to ask your question and get something, you know, the out that you wanted to figure out the answer to, you know, it's not beneficial for you in that week. Are there instances in which you Participating from a serving standpoint, or you participating from just a listening standpoint, has been far more beneficial than you being in the hot seat. Has have you, has that ever happened? Does that happen frequently? Talk about that for me. A little
1: bit. Yeah, I can speak to that personally. When I was in another mastermind, that that was often the case. Not not every time. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes someone asks a question that's just, "How do women relate better to other women?" And, you know, it's. I might still get something from that, but that is probably not the best topic that I'm going to be able to pull some sort of negative of truth from. I don't know, you never know, but there were many times I' would say more times than not the question is something similar to what I've gone through. And sometimes just what they're asking about and the way they're asking, you're like, man, that really motivates me that I'm not writing a book. I should be writing a book. darn. and and a lot of the impetus for me writing the book that I'm writing that's publishing in a few months is, was from the mastermind and I, other people had, I mean, they were pulling out their books saying, yeah, this is my book. And I'm like, man, I don't have a book. It, it yeah. elevates you. It elevates you. And people ask specific questions that's about their lives, but it is it either applies very closely to you or there's an obvious corollary that says, and it, let's say the example of the extreme I gave of women connecting with women. Well, some of the, the answer to that isn't necessarily always something unique to how women respond. It could be, how to go, go to where other women are, that are talking. Well, I can take the same advice and go to other where other real estate women or real estate people are too. So one of the pieces of advice was go and find as many of the Facebook groups that your audience exists in. And that wasn't a strategy that I was using. So now I go to other real estate Facebook groups and I am a active contributor, in helping people there. And I don't post, I don't, I'm not spammy. I just go and put my name out there as somebody who is there to help. And I'm very thoughtful about my answers and my answer sometimes could be three or four paragraphs long, but they're fantastic. And they I may spend hours on that answer, but when somebody reads through and say, Oh, that guy. And so you just, you're putting yourself out there. That is a lesson I learned when somebody else asked about how to resonate with their audience.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. That's a great example. And, you know, I wanted to highlight that to give that contrast, because I know that, you know, sometimes you're in a mastermind group to where you're not in the hot seat for like a whole two months. Mm -hmm. And you may think that, oh, well, this is not valuable to me. I wouldn't want to join a mastermind like that. But then you're you're giving, first off, it's not all about you, first before right. we realize right. that, right? You know, but you're you're giving so much of yourself, but you're witnessing the transformation that other, other people are going through, you're witnessing people's problems, you're witnessing and hearing about the solutions that other people are providing, and you're drawing connections and parallels to your life and your story and your situation. So oftentimes you will find that you get a lot of value when you're not in the hot seat as well. Now, when it comes to my structure, again, I'm thinking about 60 minutes and I'm thinking about doing one, maybe two hot seats. Just because what do you experience? And it's maybe more so prevalent with your AM group. While I'm still in the early stages of building mine, let's say when we do start on February 13th, I don't have 12 people. Let's say I have four or I have five people. Right. What do you experience with these smaller numbers? And how do you kind of structure it then?
1: Well, what I did when I have in my AM group is still fairly small. So um, what, when, when we're meeting, what, what we do is we do at the time of this recording, I think there are three people in the AM group. Um, because that's I have. That's where I find the least amount of people who are you know, who are new to investing but don't have a day job. That's a smaller number of people. They're usually already investors and they're changing their their mindset. It, so, or they have a small business where their time is flexible. Anyhow, the what I do there is I just actually break it up. And once you're in it for a while, you kind of know each other's problems. I actually give everybody access to the hot seat. So we'll, for an hour, hour and a half, we'll just cycle, we'll just round robin and have all three people with exception of me go through and do the hot seat. Once you get to about five or six, that's not plausible anymore. So once you get to that five or six number, you go back to the rotating cycle of hot seats. And I've so far selected two to be the what I do for rotation, but, but I, I do it for 90 minutes and we do 10 minutes of wins and introductions and catching up, how's the weather kind of stuff. And then at 10 minutes after we do two 25 minute hot seats. And then after that, it's 30 minutes of open time where whoever's left has a question that we talk That's That's my format. And I only added the 30 minutes extra because I wasn't, I felt like everybody wasn't getting enough out of the first 60 minutes that I've initially set up for. So even now people only sign up for 60 minutes and I, only commit to sixty minutes, but I always, so far, have all, I add the thirty minutes extra after to let anybody else answer questions. I consider that that just the bonus round.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So we've gotten so much value out of this 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 conversation, Paul. Like I'm just like mind blown right now. And there's <laughs> one last area I want to talk about, and it's it's a touchy area for a lot of people. But I know that you and I are not are not shy to this area, and I want to first debunk a few myths and talk about a few things, Paul, you know, when it comes to price Mm -hmm. and you know, I've been a part of free masterminds, just, just the same as you. And I've been a part of paid masterminds. And I think it, it, I think there's a certain importance that you must place on being a part of a high level mastermind as opposed to a free mastermind or $10 mastermind. But my question is, and a lot of the listeners questions are, is it really worth it for a well-run one?
1: It absolutely can be but it has to be well run. That is, that is the catch. If you are not paying for, if you're not paying for a mastermind, then the attitude changes a little bit. The commitment to attending isn't as immense or you know, are as strong. And when you charge a hefty amount for a mastermind, the quality of people that actually pay into the mastermind are so much higher. So you get the network of, it's, it's almost a way of buying a network of friends that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to find on your own because the leader of the mastermind has gone out and done the marketing and done the work to attract the most important, most um, driven, the most successful people out there. And they, they are, they demand that they must be around the best and uh, it's, it's a kind of this idea of living a first-class life. If you want to live a first-class life, you want to be around other first-class people.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. I've been able to experience this just through, through my growth, growth of having a course. Like I first had a course that, you know, I was charging less than a hundred dollars for and the people would show up unprepared people. I mean, most people wouldn't even show up. Right. And mm-hmm. the people that did show up, they showed up unprepared. They showed up late. They showed up complaining. They showed up, resentful they showed up as people who were just like what was me and all the blame like they didn't want to take action on anything and then i raised my prices significantly and without changing a whole lot of other things i now have people and i truly believe it's because of my prices i now have people who show up committed who show up focused who show up determined you know so it's a whole like i'm almost attracting a whole new different target demographic by changing my prices absolutely Crazy. These people are getting results and they, they're just like, first off, even if I am attracting some people from the old demographic that would pay, you know, going back to a $10 mastermind, their mindset is 100% different. And they're like, I must get this result. And right. that's the difference. So my mastermind is $500 per month for every mm-hmm. member. And I've mentioned this on a previous uh, Before the Millions podcast episode that I'm contemplating between charging $500 a month and $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Now, I've also mentioned this to the members, to the people who are already, who've just uh, applied to be members and they have already paid their $500 for the first month. So Mm -hmm. I told them, hey, like, I'm thinking about raising my prices. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it yet. I'm going to seek some advice from some wise counsel like Paul David Thompson. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm just like, I know that the value would be there. You know, and I want to kind of walk through that thought process and what you think. And maybe some, you may not even have an answer. You may have some questions to ask me, but I'm just, that's kind of where I'm stuck right now. Right now it's $500. And I'm thinking about the day it starts, which is February 13th. We are launching the Before The Millions Mastermind. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. Like once it starts, like now we're charging a thousand dollars. Does that affect people who've already signed up and they're part of the mastermind paying $500 and the new people who come in at a thousand? Is there any like discontentment? I'm overthinking, but I'm thinking about a whole bunch of different things and scenarios. Have you gone through something like this before?
1: Yeah, I have a similar scenario. So what happens between 500 and a thousand dollars in my mind is not a whole lot. What changes between say two fifty a a month and 500 is a lot more than between 500 and a thousand there is a there's some threshold and i don't know the exact number but 500 does it so and, and what i do when people come in and they pay a whatever fee it is they're locked into that price for as long as they stay if i raise my rates afterwards then i raise my rates for anybody who's new so they're grandfathered into whatever price that they come in at and so If you're listening to this and $500 is the price, jump on it because it's not if but when that price goes up for before you put the million. Because Duray only has so much time and he can only spread himself out so thinly. And so there becomes only this. The only way to filter out people who are serious, because what they're doing is they're buying into how serious they're taking themselves, not how serious they're taking you. If they already believe in you, then they'll pay whatever it takes to get access to you. And you're worth every bit and more of that, but they're actually paying for what they believe they're worth. And so if their time is worth less than $500 an hour, let's say per week, then they're not going to do it. But if they think it's worth more then they will. So they want to get out more than what they put in. And I'm confident that they will, especially if you are strict about keeping in or only attracting the best people. And there are occasions where I will let in somebody at a discount, but it is a, I do not publicize it. I don't make anybody feel weird about that. And it is a personal scholarship that I offer to somebody that I see has potential. And they have done everything else and they just simply aren't in a place that I see greatness in their behavior and they've offered to help me without asking for anything in exchange. And then I carefully select whoever that is. And I've only done that once and I will probably do it in the future, but I I may not do it for five years or I may do it once a year. It's completely my choice because it's the mastermind that I run. I'm very careful about who I'll allow in because I want it to be a safe place where people are, are working together to make sure that the other people are succeeding. And if you, if you go in there with a selfish mindset, and then you're, you're just not the right kind of person to be inside of a mastermind, because that's not the intent of it. Now, I also do something else, and I'm not sure if this would make sense in your case, but this is just an idea to hash about. Some people say, well, you know, I, I can't afford the 1,000, but I can afford the 500. How about we do some sort of splits with the actual work that I'm doing, and I can take a commission. And I end up actually making more with people who do it that way than with other people. So what I'll do is I'll say, okay, you can you can be into mine for two fifty a month. That's all you pay is two fifty. But when you do deals, you do an assignment fee or do a flip, you give me a percentage of that. Wow. And I give them, but I give them a timeline. That's for three or six months. And if they're not doing anything with three or six months, then their trial period of the two fifty is gone. But mm in our business, it doesn't take long to earn enough money to justify paying a $1,000 so that you can get more than a $1,000 back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly the mindset. Like I've talked about this on actually the episode that released today, the profound effects that masterminds have had on me, and even just being in the right circles at the right times. And, you know, I've received, um again, I talked about it on this episode that dropped today, episode 91, but I've received like Gifts in the forms of like email copy that has produced for me thousands of dollars and like strategies like or or contracts that I would have never had. I'm just like, like you wouldn't believe the immense value that I've been able to get just being around the right people who have the right focus who are going in a similar direction who have already kind of done the things that I'm looking to do. And Paul, you're one of those people. So having you on the podcast has again, again, by the way, guys, has been phenomenal, has been amazing. Now, I want to end the segment or I want to end this this episode with your last progression or maybe not your last, your last progression to date, because we're putting a pin here because you'll probably be on a podcast a third time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, let's catch the listeners up because you've been hard at work. I mean, we've talked about REI Pathway, the self-study program. We've talked mm-hmm. about the fact that you started growing and building your platform and you're creating this lifestyle business that is Amazing, mm-hmm. and now have this podcast, Ready Investor One. Guys, go check out Paul's podcast. It, it is full of so many valuable technical nuggets. Like you had this really super technical episode, like like two weeks ago. I was like, that episode is amazing. And then you started your podcast, you started building your platform, and you. This is when you kind of discovered webinars, and then you discovered mm-hmm. masterminding, and then you built up this this mastermind, and now you're on to the next phase of your your quote unquote, I guess we'll call it an online business. Yeah. And oh, yeah it looks like you're starting what's called a jumpstart program. So kind of talk about what you have going on right now and kind of what your 2019 outlook is like.
1: Yeah. So in 2019, I started a jumpstart program, which is a three month group coaching program. And the intent of the program is that you will purchase your first or next deal within the three month program, because that is all it takes. I can't guarantee that you will, but, what I can guarantee is that you're, if you're not making offers, you're not going to get get an off uh, get a property under contract. And people are reluctant to make offers. they are all the reasons why you can't make an offer. I have six steps to overcome that.
0: There was a webinar that I watched of so It was amazing. I don't know how many you have these days, but do you, any, do, you, do you have anything coming up or or anything that you can kind of plug?
1: Yeah, you can go to com slash jumpstart, all one word, to hear about the Jumpstart program.
0: Paul, is are there any parting words that you want to leave the listeners with as far as not even just joining uh, my mastermind or your mastermind, but just looking to join a mastermind in general, people who are, who are on the fence, just wanting some inspiration or some encouragement or some push. You know, one thing I like to often say is, you can accomplish more in one year in a mastermind in the right mastermind emphasis on the right mastermind than you could in a whole lifetime if you depended uh, solely on your own efforts. And of course I got that from Napoleon Hill, but Mm -hmm. that's one thing I always love people to try to internalize when they're trying to decide if and when a mastermind is for them. But do you have any parting words you want to leave a with as it pertains to masterminding?
1: I do. Most people don't know this, but did you know that Napoleon Hill, the author of thinking grow rich died poor? Really? He did. He was not a wealthy man. He went and interviewed all the people who were wealthy and he came up with all this great advice, but he didn't apply it to his own life. Wow. Right. So that's the story that you should take from this is knowledge unapplied is useless and doing nothing with what you know is still a choice. So if you, the, the, the answer to whatever you want is in your own mind and in your own actions and... You have to agree that you are worth investing in.
0: And that's how we end this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been an inspiration as you always are. And we will talk to you very soon. Thanks for having me. Just a quick after the episode note, if you are interested in becoming a member of the Before the Millions Mastermind, here's what I want you to do. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind fill out the application, schedule a time to book your interview, and we'll be on the phone very soon to figure out if we're a good fit. I'm hosting two groups of 10 members per group. So spots are going to go fast. And not only are spots going to go really, really fast, but also when this mastermind launches, which is not the 13th, by the way, it's the 11th, February 11th, 2019 is when this mastermind will launch, not February 13th. So when this mastermind launches, I may just raise the prices to thousand dollars per member which again, is going to be immense value delivered. And by the way, if you're listening to this episode after the Mastermind has launched and the price is $1,000 now, I am 100% fully confident that delivering a $12,000 value at least to you per year is very, very achievable. I, in fact, want to aim for three, four, even 10 times that when it comes to your returns and what's possible. So if you're listening to this any time in the future and the current price of the mastermind, whatever actually, whatever the current price is, it's definitely, definitely going to be worth it. I aim to under promise and over deliver. And I want to help you take your business to the next level. But if you're listening to this and it is not yet February 11th of 2019, and you're just, and you're considering joining the before the millions mastermind, this could be your only opportunity to get in at our grandfathered rate of $500 per month. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited for this group. I can't wait for this growth. This is probably one of my favorite products to date, and I just can't wait for us to be able to look back on all the things that we've been able to build together. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind to join in a masterminding relationship with me today.